My entitled brother steals my car and ends up crashing it in a ditch. And when the police show up to assess the situation, my parents lie to the police officers and try to say that I was driving the car. But in the end, my brother gets arrested for stealing my car, finally getting what he absolutely deserved. Here's what happened. So I have an older brother by the name of Dave. That's not his real name. And he has always been a jerk to me. There's only a one year gap between us, but he liked to beat me up when we were kids. And he always acted like anything that was mine was also his. He was also somewhat of the golden child, which honestly made me miserable. So much to nobody's surprise, I moved out at 18 years old. My uncle is now a retired police officer, and he took me in after I left my home. He even hooked me up with a decommissioned Crown Victoria, and I absolutely loved that car. I don't know why, but Dave hated the fact that I had that car. He drove three beater cars into the ground, while my Crown Vic kept chugging along. Well, after his third beater finally stopped working when he drove it into a pole, he asked to borrow my car. Now, I had a bad feeling, and I said I wasn't going to do that. He called me entitled and said he needed my car to get to work. So I told him he could just take the bus, because I know how he drives, and my Crown Vic was off limits. My parents called me after that and told me to just lend him the car. I said I won't, no matter what they say. I rely on my car, and I need it as well, since it's my personal transportation. After all, Dave wasn't the only one in the world with a job he needed to get to. My uncle congratulated me for standing up to them and gave me a high five. A few days later, when I got off work, the car wasn't where I parked it. I called my brother's cell phone, but he didn't pick up. Then I called my parents and asked them if he took my car. They denied it, so I said I was going to call the cops, and that's when they finally admitted that he borrowed it because he needed it. I told them he better bring it back right now or I'll have the police looking for him. They called me a jerk and then they phoned Dave to bring my car back. He showed back up in the parking lot in my car 20 minutes later. I then demanded to know how he stole my car. He then held up a set of Crown Vic keys that he bought online. Some of them were made as universal keys as well. I told him if he ever stole my car again I would have him arrested. Then he had the audacity to ask for a ride home. I told him and reminded him that he made me wait in the December cold after stealing my car so he could just walk home. He then called me a jerk before I drove away. After that incident, my uncle put a tracking device in the car. When Christmas Day came around, I was celebrating with my family just like every year. The roads were cold and icy, so I had to be very careful while driving. By now, you're probably clued in on the title. Yeah, Dave again stole my car during the Christmas party. Apparently, he decided he was going to go pick up a friend and figured that I wouldn't notice. But I did when I looked out the front window and I saw my car was missing. I pulled up the tracking app and I saw he was a few miles away. Then I called his cell phone to yell at him. Everyone in the party saw this and asked what was going on. I said Dave stole my car again, with my uncle even confirming that it wasn't the first time. Dave told me over the phone to basically get lost and that he would be back soon. I said he better not have been drinking, but he just hung up on me after I said that. Well, while I was watching the tracker app, the dot stopped and didn't move for a while. Soon, we got a panic call from Dave asking for help. He crashed the car because he couldn't handle the icy roads, and he wasn't used to a rear-wheel drive vehicle. So we piled in my parents' minivan and followed the tracker. We found Dave by the road, and my Crown Vic nose-deep in a snow-filled ditch. My uncle was furious, as it was formerly a car of his department, and I was mad at Dave for stealing my car again. My parents wanted me to let it go, but I said, 
enough was enough and I was gonna call the police. Dave begged me not to because he really had been drinking before he set off and that would result in a DUI. I said that he better pay me back for my car or I would sue him. Well, as luck would have it, the police were already aware of the accident and were driving in to check on the scene. I'm guessing that someone else had called them. My parents tried to say that I was the one driving the car and they were just there to help me. I said that wasn't true and my uncle thankfully backed me up. In fact, one of the cops that was there recognized my uncle and they had a chat. Then they went to Dave and asked to see his license, which I then found out was suspended after he crashed his previous car. Then they breath tested him. He wound up with cuffs slapped on his wrists while my mother was crying and begging the police not to take him away. But the officer just said that she and my dad could get arrested too for lying to the police. And after that, my parents shut up. We eventually all got back in the minivan and went home. The Christmas party was ended early and my parents drove me and my uncle home since he rode with me. They didn't say much to either of us the whole drive and just sped away as soon as we were out of their van. And they nearly slipped off the road themselves doing just that. My brother was let out of jail the next day and he looked so scared that he was practically crying. Apparently, the cops there had roughed him up a bit while talking about prison and all the stuff they had seen go down there. Dave had actually peed his pants during that situation and they let him take a shower. And that's when my uncle started cracking up and revealed to us that his friends in the department never filed the DUI and instead just charged him with a suspended license, which was about a $600 fine. My uncle said he just wanted to teach Dave a lesson and this would be the one and only time he would ever get his help. Dave then apologized to me and said that he would have my Crown Vic fixed and would never touch it again. When it got pulled out of the ditch, the front end damage was actually minor. It needs a new front bumper, a headlight, and a grill. The damage was just superficial, thankfully. My parents have pretty much glossed over the whole incident and acted like it didn't happen. Dave eventually gave me the extra Crown Vic keys that he bought online and said that this had taught him a lesson that he soon wouldn't forget. What a terrible situation to be stuck in. Your brother literally was stealing from you left and right, and your parents were literally trying to cover up his stupid decisions. I mean, this is so unfair. They even lied to the police and said that you were driving the car instead of Dave. I mean, what in the world were they thinking? That cop was right. They could have gone to jail for lying to a police officer. Like, that is just not worth it for your stupid son who keeps doing dumb things. I also want to say that it's really weird and kind of crooked that the uncle stepped in and decided to drop the charges of the DUI, basically using the fact that he used to work with these cops as a reason for them not to file it in the first place. Because in my opinion, Dave absolutely should have gotten a DUI. Like, he literally was drinking while driving at that time, not to mention the suspended license. With all things considered, I really don't blame the original poster for moving out of this house, because it sounds like these people were absolute garbage parents, and they enabled this older sibling to do terrible things constantly. So hopefully he learned his lesson, and doesn't go around trying to steal people's cars just because he wants to get around, because the jail time honestly would not be worth it. And from the sounds of it, I don't think he wants to go to jail anytime soon. My boyfriend and I decided early on in our relationship that neither of us wanted to get married. And now it leaves me wondering if I'm the jerk for changing my mind. So my partner and I have been together for under five years and we've lived together for two and a half of those years. We are very committed to each other. We own pets and we have a car together as well as a joint savings account that will go towards a down payment on a house. I would say we are somewhat non-traditional. Neither of us want any kids since he's already had a vasectomy and we are extremely non-religious. We are also both grossed out by the patriarchy history of marriage and enjoy the fact that 
our more conservative Christian relatives are a little scandalized by us living in sin or whatever they want to say. For these reasons, we discussed early on in our relationship that neither of us was really interested in marriage. So I feel a little silly for finally admitting to myself that I do actually want to get married. Or more specifically, I want for him to want to get married to me. Which maybe sounds really bad, but I guess I suddenly feel a little hurt by the fact that he hasn't asked me to get married. He's brought it up once or twice, but only in the very practical sense of doing it to get a better mortgage rate once we are ready to buy a house or something similar. But I want to get married for sappy emotional reasons, and I find myself feeling a little bit envious of my friend's cutesy proposals and their engagement rings, and I don't know how to bring this up to my partner. I honestly think he would agree to it if I asked him, but I would feel like I was forcing him into something he's at best been apathetic about and at worst actively trying to avoid. It sounds incredibly stupid, but I would rather hint at it and have him bring it up directly than to bring it up directly myself because then I would feel like it's his idea, which is what I really want. So how should I go about indirectly making it known that I want him to ask me to get married? What should I do? Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I can see where your hesitation is coming from because for a long time, you guys kind of felt really good about not being married. If anything, just to get back at your weird relatives who are clearly being way too judgmental, claiming that you're just doing something super sinful and you're basically going to go to hell, which really is not a fair judgment in my opinion. But when it comes to talking to your partner about possibly getting married, I really don't think dropping hints is the best idea. Like that's only going to work so far as like having a conversation about it. But in terms of maybe taking that step and actually getting married because he wants to get married and wants to propose to you, that's going to take a lot more explaining and a much more mature and direct conversation. I totally get that you don't want to bring it up and you don't want to feel like you're trapping him into something that he doesn't want to do, but it sounds like you know each other really well. So I think, if anything, having a conversation about this would probably go a really long way. And that, in my opinion, is so much better than this weird passive way that you want to try and do it, which I also really don't see working in the slightest. I know if I was in his shoes, I would probably just ignore those small little comments or those subconscious subtle hints that you're trying to drop because probably from his perspective marriage is literally off the table other than probably having a better mortgage rate. So honestly just talk to him see what he thinks. Maybe it will sound silly at first but at least you can get your feelings out there and try and figure out what you both want out of this. And who knows you might be surprised. He very well could be on board for this and join you in this journey like you never know unless you ask because the alternative of dropping subtle hints is just not going to work in my opinion. And there are a lot better ways to discuss this and figure it out. My boyfriend was behaving inappropriately in a rude way at a work event, and it really upset me, and now I don't know what to do. So for some context on our relationship, the person I'm referring to here is not exactly my boyfriend. We have been best friends since college and ended up getting physical. I have always had feelings for him, and he knows it. He initially admitted to having feelings for me too, but later one day, he said he doesn't feel the same way, and he was just confused initially. We've been together 
since the last four years and never dated or went out with anyone else throughout that. And we do everything together that a couple would. He remained this committed because he truly cares about me and he doesn't want to hurt me. But this has still made me feel pretty insecure because we aren't in a relationship and he's free to see anyone else the day he wishes. I don't like being in this situation either, but I'm way too hopelessly in love with him to let him go. All I expect from him is that he tells me up front the day that he thinks he'd like to see anyone else and just end things with me and not just keep me hanging around. We are now working at the same law firm that we joined right after graduation five months back. We're just on different teams in the office across the city, so we often see each other if we're working on similar situations. In fact, people at the office just see us as good friends. We recently went on an annual office retreat, which is basically a weekend-long vacation with various parties and events and involves loads of drinking. At one such party, we were both super sloshed while dancing with a bunch of others from our office. Most of them were from his team and a couple of others. Now here comes a girl from his team and hugs him while dancing and continues to dance and hug him and he actually pushes me aside while making space for her. I remained calm initially and overlooked it, but she went on dancing with him like that, and he just doesn't resist at all, to which I eventually made a super angry face and screamed some curse words at him and left. Everyone at this party saw that, but since they were all sloshed and the music was too loud, they just carried on dancing. He later came up to me and asked why I was so upset, but I just ignored him and walked away. Even while getting dinner, he put his arms around my shoulders, asking me what's wrong, and I just aggressively put his hands away and again everyone saw this happening. We all eventually load up on the bus and head back to the hotel and on our way back I didn't speak to him and he constantly kept asking me and eventually said that he's sorry if he did anything to upset me but I just cried. Later in the night since he kept asking I finally told him what's wrong to which he said he's sorry and that she's just a senior and it didn't mean anything it was just a dance. He also said that I was overreacting. He is now upset that I created a scene in front of everyone from his office and that they think I yelled at him because he did something inappropriate with me on the dance floor and while getting dinner, which is not wrong because I did hear people talk about it with completely different assumptions about what happened. I do think that I overreacted and I could have talked about it in a private space, but I'm honestly not sure. What should I do? This relationship sounds like an absolute mess, but is it even a relationship? I mean, at the beginning of this, you basically say, hey, we've been together for four years, but we're not actually boyfriend and girlfriend. But then when he starts dancing with another girl and they're hugging and dancing together, you freak out and start cussing at him. So which one is it? Are you guys dating or not? You are literally upset about your non-exclusive non-boyfriend dancing and hugging with another woman. And then you proceed to curse him out in public at a work event. And now people at the office have these weird assumptions about both of you. I mean, if this isn't a good way of tanking your career right when you're just getting started, I don't know what is. Literally, this should have been handled in a better way. You definitely should have talked to him in private and expressed your feelings and how you felt hurt by the situation. But again, he's not your boyfriend, so like, what's the issue here? If he was your boyfriend, then he probably wouldn't be dancing with other women. So I think if you want to have that kind of relationship with him, then you two need to sit down and define what you two actually are together. Because what you have right now is an absolute mess. And if you're not careful, this could very easily lead to both of you getting fired. Some companies just don't put up with that. They pretty much make it known that if you date anybody in the company, 
both of you could be at risk of losing your job. And the reason behind that is moments like this. They don't want jealousy and weird situations running rampant. Like it's literally just not worth putting up with. So hopefully you can figure this out because the way you acted at this party is absolutely inappropriate. And I think you need to readjust and do a lot better if you ever hope to have him as your actual boyfriend. Today, I messed up by trying to save a kitten in a parking lot. But my husband and I very quickly found out that this cat was secretly a demon as it bit both of us multiple times and hid itself in our car as we were just trying to rescue it. So needless to say, our rescue attempt was an absolute disaster. So today, my husband and I went to the store to look for Christmas garland. As soon as we parked, I saw a kitten hiding under a truck right in front of us crying and it looked very scared. Before my husband knew what happened, I was already out of the truck making a beeline for this kitten. I get near it and it gets scared and starts to back away. I stop where I'm at and I start calmly talking to the kitten when my husband walks up and sees what's going on. When he did walk up, the kitten darted across the parking lot and was now hiding between the back tires of a fifth wheel camper. I was so worried about it getting squished. The little kitten was obviously scared but acted like it wanted to come to me. A woman going to her car saw what was going on and said she didn't have any food or anything like that but he seemed like he wanted to come but was frightened. We had just gone to the grocery store and I had some frozen chicken strips so I went back and I got some just to see if the kitten would want any. After several minutes he creeps out from the tires and starts to eat. This little guy was starving. I kneel down on the pavement while throwing chunks of chicken towards it trying to get him closer. I don't realize it but I kneel in chocolate milk that somebody poured out. I've been lactose intolerant my entire life and I have a major milk phobia since I was about three. I realize what is going on and I try not to puke. I really don't want to scare this kitten away. After a few minutes, he gets within arm's reach and I reach out to grab him. As soon as I do, he flips around and is clawing and biting me like crazy. But I have a death grip on him. I wasn't going to leave him there to get squished by a tire. My husband comes over and peels him off of my arm. And now this kitten was trying to eat my husband. This kitten was three pounds of absolute demon terror. My husband is holding him at arm's length by the scruff of his neck so neither one of us would get injured. Meanwhile, I run into the store to see if they have a box we can put him in. I run back out with the box and as soon as it gets near the kitten, he starts freaking out and biting my husband again. We decide to just open the back door and throw him in and then figure it out from there. We get in the truck and pull over to the dog park where it is a lot quieter, wondering what on earth we're gonna do now. Then the reality sets in. I was just bit over half a dozen times and now we have this psycho kitten locked in the car with us. And at this point, we're wondering if we need some kind of rabies vaccine. I'm almost definitely going to end up with an infection. All the while, I'm thinking about the milk that was soaked into my jeans and socks, still trying not to gag. I call my mom and she said to call the hospital and see what they say. They tell me it's a personal choice. If I want to get a rabies shot, I need to go to the ER, but they typically don't give them for animal bites. And that was all they could really say. I call the other hospital to see if they agree. They tell me I can go in and see what the doctor says, and they will likely give me antibiotics at the very least. They also tell me to call animal control to see what they want to do about the cat. I try to call animal control, but they are closed. I realize at this point we can't see the cat anywhere. We get out and we start looking for the kitten. It's not under the seats, not in the bag of groceries. It's not anywhere. The only place it could possibly be is behind the back seats, which don't go forward and only have three to four inches of space. I slowly lift up the bottom to see if we can see anything, but still, there's nothing. My husband then 
then slowly lifts his side to see if he sees anything. Then I feel something on my leg. My husband then spots the cat as it dashes past me. This kitten was running for its life. He runs past the dog park that thankfully did not have any dogs in it. But there were some teenage girls playing on the swings. Two teenage girls jump up to run after the cat, but he is long gone. So now I'm sitting here with my finger coated in antibiotic ointment, waiting until tomorrow when I can go to urgent care. Hopefully I can get some medicine and I don't end up with a nasty infection. I honestly just wanted to save him, but I guess that kitten had other plans. What a horrible situation to be stuck in. Not only do you discover that this kitten is an absolute demon, you also find out the hard way that he can bite a lot and he's very sneaky. I mean, that sounds like a horror movie. We threw the cat in and suddenly the cat is gone. So hopefully if you try to help a cat out in the future, maybe have some gloves with you. That way you won't get bitten to pieces and you won't have to worry if you might have rabies. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.